Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Sean. I'm, a, I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. Um, it's funny, I haven't recorded for about two days, and you know, as I just started saying this, I almost felt a piece of I felt a bit of warmth, like, oh, it's good to it's good to be back with you guys. And I realized, my goodness, you're, you're not talking to anyone, you're just talking to yourself. But I had that feeling of almost like it was like I was talking to an audience. I was like, oh, wow, it's lovely to be with you again. So I guess, well, anyways, so it was just really funny. Um, so, yeah, today's the 19th day of, of June. And um, this year has gone pretty fast. I think we're very much, um, we'll be like at the end of the first half of the year in a couple of weeks on, on this. And um, the year seems to seems to be going very fast which for me is a good thing really because I think there's just a lot that I would rather get over and done with in this year it's a, it's quite an important year for me and I think this decade generally for me is a very deciding one because there are a lot of things that need to be done in this decade that will sort of like set the tone for things that are going to happen subsequently not just in my life but in the life of those the next generation let me put them around those that are close to me and you know those that depend on me and things like that so it's a very crucial decade it's a decade that i am happy that i have god led me to stop you know full-time paid employment working with someone else because i really needed this time and space to really focus on things that are beyond you know just the normal of you know how am i going to do this am i going to get things done and things like that and um it, it was just it's just really um yeah it's nice to be in this space and to be in this space and time and it's just a very critical decade for me and i think i have been more focused this period than i have been in my life like literally planning although okay that's a bit of an exaggeration but i think i feel that way i feel like i I am more focused about my life, more scheduled, you know, I plan things a whole lot more, although I have lived a scheduled life before now as well, but that schedule was more about my work, it was my work determining, forcing me, you know, to keep to that schedule, but now I don't have, I'm not under paid employment, but I, I am, I think a whole, I, I think I'm much more scheduled, and it, I, there, there are a lot of things, I think my, the programs I'm doing, there's just a lot of stuff I'm doing that is requiring me to be scheduled even this discipline of doing the podcast is part of that schedule because i have a window to do it and once i miss that window then i'm unable to do it and it's just like a commitment so it just forces a sort of rigor and discipline into my life that i spiritual discipline i would say that i haven't had in a very long time so it's useful and i, and I thank god for it and um i just want to appreciate god for his role in my life and the fact that he's allowed god deals with me when things happen to me and you know i go through really tough times and i think i came out from one that was really really bad you know when when god when the bible says that he makes a way of escape for me i don't know that scripture always turns true true for me holds true for me i think it's in first corinthians um, chapter 10 i'm not sure of the verse where it says that god is faithful he will not allow us to be tempted above that which we are able to bear but that he will make every with every temptation he makes a way of escape so that we can bear it it's almost like when you're playing a video game and then there's this maze and then there's all this you know sort of like bad guys wanted to get you and then there's one like one hole that just you know there's always a, an escape route that if you know how to play the game well enough 
you get a shortcut out of that place you don't have to finish the game you don't have to finish the course you get moved to the next level so that's typically you know i think that's a very good illustration for how god works but you have to be able to you have to stay the course you have to hold on to god for god to find out give you that for you to find that way of escape in in christ and he sort of helps me to do that so i found that when i look back on my life in the moment it doesn't feel that way sometimes i feel things you know tough times last longer than they should but when i you know with the benefit of hindsight you eventually see that at that point when it becomes unbearable when you're like you're at the end of yourself god takes over either the situation changes your trial eases the devil is dealt with situation change or help comes you know something or you know help just comes i had a similar experience recently when i was quite unwell and it just been building up and building up and building up and then it got to a point i mean there was a day i I remember i just burst into tears and i was like god i can't take this anymore this is too much you know why why am i going through all of this what's all this you know and i was just really trying and then you know of course those moments god never really answers you but just that you have your cry and then somehow things get better okay so i felt better you know afterwards and then after that the situation started getting better i started getting better and not you know and for me that's why sometimes you know i just look at it that it's very difficult for me to be someone who doubts the existence of god because when i pray and i cry out to him things change situations change as in physical situations change and if you want to tell me that it's a coincidence then i like that coincidence let that coincidence continue to happen i will continue to pray so that that coincidence can continue to repeat itself because i'm talking of physical i mean debilitating um, limiting symptoms things that were holding you back preventing you from you know doing what you should normally be able to do making normal everyday life difficult and then you pray and then a day or two after you are fine you know meanwhile that situation has been dragging for like weeks and it was almost looking like it was going to you know a progression of escalation just getting worse and worse and worse and then all of a sudden you pray and then it goes down that has been my experience and my testimony which is why i wonder and i ask myself why don't i pray why do i not pray i should be praying much more than i do i should be trusting god more god with more things than i trust him with because i have this tendency of only praying about those things that i think i cannot handle you know what i'm saying other than that my default is to handle things myself and i consistently find that god is better at handling the things that i face and the things that i struggle with than i am and i don't know somehow i just don't seem to have learned that lesson fully and completely yet but i'm praying that as i grow on in my life and in my journey with god that i'll begin begin to learn that more and i think this is why sometimes this musings they really help me god keeps on telling me i should always record every day not wait until i have a perfect moment and a perfect thing to do that i should just go ahead and record because he knows that i need this more than anyone else this is not really just about the people that god brings and i'm thankful to god for all of the people that have walked by this space in all parts of the world you know since we started on the 6th of june 2022 years ago but you know it's primarily about what god is doing in my life and how he makes me reflect and muse on my relationship with him and how he uses this period and time to teach me to encourage me to strengthen me to give me hope and to even you know make me realize things that i may not have you know thought about before so this is really musings with jesus it's really musing and just allowing my mind 
and my soul to interact with who God is, what he means to me, and to reflect upon it and just let that whole process change my life. And he really does do that. So, as a physical fact, I have found prayer very rewarding in my life. I mean, as as I'm saying it, you can hear the astonishment in my voice because, honestly speaking, God answers my prayers. He doesn't answer it as immediately as I would have liked. The answer may not come exactly in the form that I imagined, but the situation changes. So, meaning, let's assume I started with a condition or a challenge or a situation that was affecting me in a particular way. When I pray, it is either that situation, let's call it a factor X, is removed, or the impact of factor X, that negative impact that factor X was having on me, is no is removed, or factor X is stripped of its ability to impact me negatively. Whatever happens, what something changes in the ecosystem around my life that was causing factor x to be a problem to me that has been my experience whether problems involving human beings is either god will take me away from the situation or he will take me over the situation or remove that person from the equation or change the ecosystem bring in some other players to the point that that other person's impact is you know nullify or you know the impact of that person or that situation too he brings in other things or factors you know but like you know and that, that has been my experience honestly and i'm amazed even as i'm saying it and i'm like shola you really owe god so much you, you should be actually more thankful to him than you are your life should be more ah, of a living sacrifice to him because honestly god answers my prayers maybe because i am i am i was you know my father died you know the bible says god is the husband of the widow and the father to the fatherless maybe i am under that father to the fatherless um covenant because i lost my father at the age of five but for some reason his ears are open to my prayers that's just the truth i'm not even saying it as a confession of faith i am describing my life and like i said it doesn't always happen instantaneously it doesn't always happen you know when i want to how i want to but it happens there is a change and i've described it through the factor x either factor x is removed factor x the impact of factor x on my life is nullified or erased or other factors are brought in to deal with factor x on my behalf or god takes me out of the way or i rise above factor x x whatever happens that situation changes and then i'm able to function and continue my life as though factor x never existed in fact many times i actually forget you know it's when i remember i'm like my goodness oh wow you actually went through that because the factor x is so irrelevant that it was as though it never existed my life continues as if that thing never happened so i myself when i'm telling the story later it's almost like a fairy tale i'm like wow but that was really dramatic that was you really went through that i mean i'll be like i'll be having that conversation with myself in my head because god has made it such that it was as though it never existed and i don't believe that god is doing it because i am a special person i believe that you know this is the covenant of the lord jesus christ the new testament covenant that is available to anyone who will open their hearts to god and allow him to play that role like i said i I think because i was looking for a father i wasn't really looking for a god so i've always related to god like a father i didn't have a father so i think that's one in quote perhaps advantage that i have because I, have, I, I don't deal with God like 
God. You know what I'm saying? I, I know that sounds really funny. But I, I, so what I mean is, I know he's God and I know he's like, you know, the most high and all of that. But the reason I sought him was because I wanted a father. I needed a father. I lost my own biological father to illness. He died at the age of 37. I was five years old. And, you know, so when I heard the gospel and I got to realize that God was, you know, he, he wanted to be a father. I was like, yeah, that was exactly what I'm looking for. And, you know, I always say I'm grateful that I didn't look for that in my, in, in places where I shouldn't have been looking for it. God protected me and, yeah, prevented me from looking for a father figure in places I shouldn't have. So, I, so at the age of 17, I found that God could be my father. And, yeah, that was that. And I, that's the way I continue to relate to him. And what's, what is it about the relationship with your father? And this is typically what he said. I mean, Jesus said, when you pray, pray that our father who art in heaven. So it was Jesus that actually said that God, he introduced God as our father, which is different from how God was in the old covenant. He was the most high God. He was Jehovah. He was El Elyon. He was Yahweh. But he was not the father God. But in Christ, because he's the son of God and the firstborn of um, from the dead, he, in, he was able to make the way and open the way for us to become children of God and, you know, to really become like, you know, Abba Father, where we can actually say Father. And what's the res- responsibility of a father? A father nurtures, a father rebukes, a father builds up, a father provides, a father protects, a father also provides an inheritance. A father is invested in your life. A father counts your success as his success. A father counts his your failure as his failure. You know what I mean? I mean, well, you know, you know what I mean. But a father is invested in seeing you succeed. It's not just about a, bene- a act of benevolence. It's really about this is my success here. This is my life. This is my child. This is a member of my family. This is the bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. You know that sort of thing. It's a covenant relationship. It's a blood relationship. That's the kind of relationship that we have. And... The reason why I think I'm musing on this is because there's a lot of stuff going on in my life that I just need to continue to co- commit to God. There are things I'm anxious about, there are things I'm worried about, there are things I'm concerned about. And I just need to trust that God, who is my father and the protector of my life and my shield and my fortress and my refuge and my strength and my hope, that God will take care of those things as he has always done. And he knows how to take care of things you know what i'm saying so the scripture that comes to mind and that i've been sort of popping in my head for the past two or three days and i decided that well let's just talk about this now is in the book of psalms 34 verse 15 to 19 and by the way um yeah psalms is a wonderful book and psalm 34 is one of those psalms that you should just read and just have it in your head you know there are many of them iconic psalms psalm 119 psalm 121 psalm Psalm 23, Psalm 1. Those are, you know, these are, these are, these are um, You should just have it in your head. It's just like it should be a prayer book. So, verse 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. Now, verse 16, The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Then that's very important. And I, I really want God to do that in my nation, Nigeria. Verse 17 says, The righteous cries. And the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that of a broken heart and saves them, such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. It's funny, I haven't ever read 
these verses together in context like this and this is what i'm learning in bible school as well typically i would just read that verse 16 and say the eyes of the lord are open um, are upon the righteous and his eyes are open unto their prayer and then i will go down to see the face of the lord is against them that do evil which they're actually connected because god is showing the difference between how he deals with people who are righteous and those who who habitually commit evil acts and that god is emotionally invested in cutting off the remembrance of such people from the earth but then after giving that comparison in verse 16 it still continues with that what god does with the righteous in verse 17 when he now says the righteous cry and that's the continuation of verse 15 actually or the ideas of the thought of verse 15 and he's saying in that process when the um, the lord's ears are open unto the cry of the righteous when they cry the lord hears and he delivers them out of all their troubles and it's funny i have been reading the book of judges you know just the old testament um, scriptures in the course that i'm taking and i realized that in fact in judges it was very obvious in the book of judges the children of israel they will stray away from god they will serve other gods they will sin then those people will, will open the door to the enemy their enemies will come and um, oppress them they'll be so oppressed eventually they'll be in distress then they will cry unto god god will come raise up judges that will save them and then they will follow god all their life while those judges are alive when the judges then die they go back to their old ways they follow other gods it was just a cycle but it was funny every single time they cried they were distressed oppressed and they cried out unto god god will send saviors to deliver them it was funny this cycle repeated itself six times over a, um, a number of generations it was i mean it was almost like rinse and repeat it was it, it was really funny the storytelling i kid you not following a very predictable cycle you know the judges die the people sin their enemies oppress them they get into distress and they, they cry unto god god sends saviors they follow god they serve god the judge dies then you know they, they go back to their old ways they sin the enemies come in they cause them oppression they oppress them cause them distress and then they cry out to god it, it was like it was it was the most bizarre thing and these things are written just for us to know that first of all lesson number one when you sin and you walk away from god it opens the door to the enemy fine but even when you are oppressed and you are in distress all you need to do is cry unto the lord the lord will hear and you deliver you and you know that's exactly what is written here so it says the lord is nigh unto them that have a broken heart and save such as be of a contrite spirit i believe this as well and that's why he he answered the children of Israel, you know, whenever they were in distress and they cried out unto the Lord. And of course, they repented of their ways and things like that. I think it's important for us to just being in that space where God is invested in your life and in our lives. And it really doesn't take much. It's just, you know, having a heart that is pure towards God. I, I don't think it requires us to be perfect or, you know, definitely I am not perfect and God still answers my prayer. So I think if I can pass that test, because I kid you not, I am not perfect. I don't even try to be perfect. I'm very, very far from perfect. In fact, I'm a spoiled child where God is. Sometimes I wonder why he still bothers with me. But I think, ultimately, another lesson I get from reading the Bible is that God has been looking for people that will love him, that will serve him. Honestly, that really, God is like, that's all. He's like the ultimate love island candidate. I'm here, I'm looking for love. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just God. He's just looking for people who would love him for who he is and want to hang out with him and who will take interest in the things that he's interested in and want to do the things that he would want to do in the lives of men on earth. That's all, though. That's God, honestly. And even when you are unable to, you know, see things the way he sees it and you're able to do things the way he wants you to do them, so long as your heart you still have your heart in the right place where he's concerned he can see that 
you you love him you know that you that your heart is tender towards him he will do he will work with you at that level he will work with what he has because honestly god it, more people hate god than people who love him so i don't think god does not play with the people whose heart is tender towards him and you know and, and you know thank you holy spirit this is the holy spirit speaking to me this is just not me because really I mean, I can't describe God. I don't know. So it's the Holy Spirit speaking at this point. So because God's God, all, all we need, all I need is for my heart to be tender towards God. I don't have to be exactly like Jesus or exactly like God. But if my heart is tender towards God, then God can use that. That tenderness is enough. You know, just needs to be, you know, at, at this malleable, you know, towards God. As in you are soft. You have a soft spot for God. That's all. Just that soft spot, God will work with it. And when, when you, when I pray, when you pray, God hearkens to that, you know, the, that, that tenderness God responds to it, that, oh God, help me, I need you, you know, he, he responds to it, he responds to it, but what God will not do is insert himself into the life of somebody who doesn't want him, and he never does that, he never does that, yeah, which is why, you know, the children of Israel, they were covenant children, every time they went to serve other gods, God stood back and allowed them to worship those other gods. He waited in the wings until they got to the point where they were like, Oh God, our fathers, come, come and say, why, why are we going through this? Without fail, like um, 911, he would send rescue team to come and bail them out. He wouldn't even tell them, Oh, what you people Okay, all along you've been going after other gods. He won't say all of that. It's later, you know, after he saved them, he now remind them, Remember, I was one that did this, you know. But he, he, he never. He never held it against them, you know. He was, he was. So, yeah, what the scripture says here is that he's nigh unto them that have a broken heart. And he says, such as be of a contrite spirit. So, no matter how much you and I have messed up, when we get to that place where we are truly repentant and we come to God and we cry unto him, he will answer us. Of course, it's also, I think we should also not repeat that cycle because you, some of the children of Israel didn't um, survive, you know. Because whenever their enemies are present, some people were just didn't survive they were killed it was the ones who survived the distress that even had the opportunity to cry out unto the lord so having a race and repeats in a negative cycle is not a sustainable spiritual model because you know one may not survive one of those um you know um, how would i say um experiences so yeah so that's it many are the afflictions of the righteous but the lord delivers him out of them oh yeah that's my experience as well I can honestly say, and, and this is why I think it's important to practice the faith of Christ and for us to just experience Jesus for ourselves. Because when I read the Bible and a lot of things in the Bible, it's not like it's not fairy tale to me. I don't know when, when I see people like doubting the Bible. I'm like, really? <laughs> Something that I've used in my life that has saved me out of life-threatening situations. It's not. I mean, I've passed. I can't doubt the Bible. It's my ability to. If there's anybody else, if there's anything I would doubt, it's me. But the word of God in the Bible, I can't, I'm not in a position to doubt it. Yes, my understanding of it may not be up to what it should be. My ability to practice it may not be able to that. For instance, okay, in my name shall they um, raise up them, cast out demons. Yes, maybe I'm not walking in the faith of that, laying hands on the sick, maybe to some extent, but not fully. Um, you know, maybe there's some things that I'm unable to do because I haven't yet gotten to that level of you know familiarity with God and His Word. But that will not make me doubt the essence of the word of god because there are other there are a lot of things that i that god has done in my life through his word miracles that i've experienced in my life healings from <laughs> oh wow i mean 
when the Bible says he sent his word and healed them, I have experienced it where the word of God came forth and I was healed of a condition that had physical circumstances that literally disappeared through his word, by his word. That till today, medical science has no explanation for where it came from, how it left, and all of that. So, you know, I am, yeah, anyways. And, I, and my prayer for everyone who works with God is that we experience this. But I'll just leave it at that because I think I've, I've actually run out of time like three, five or seven minutes ago. And um, yeah, so the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. This just just uh, encourage any of us that whatever it is we're going through, if God could allow the children of Israel to go through a cycle of, you know, how would I say, walking away from him and him calling them back and, you know, they cried to him and he always answered them in their distress. Whatever your situation is, whatever my situation is, God will answer us. All we just need to do is cry unto him. And again, you can remind him of his word that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. And he commits that he will deliver us out of all our troubles. I think if we got into the habit of holding God to his word, we'll probably get more results. And this is me talking to myself. Because I think many times I function with that, oh, God knows he should know. And no, God doesn't work that way. I think we I learned that in the book of Judges. Even when he sees things, he waits for you to cry. He's a gentleman like that, you know. He doesn't insert himself where he's not wanted. If I think I've got it covered, yeah, he will respect my my ability to, to run the show. But if I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I, I can't handle this. You really need to help me. Then he'll step in. So anyways, let's leave it at that. And I trust God that God will, you know, at the end of the day, he's the one that works in the hearts of man and the lives of men, including mine. We all need an intervention from the Lord. And I pray that he will do that which is needful in our lives and in the lives of all those that we hold dear. Jesus name and I pray that the Lord will use us as vessels of honor for his use and continue to use us to shine his light in the midst of a crooked and a dark generation in the spaces and the places that we inhabit we shall be lights we shall be sources of hope we shall be sources of mercy of grace of peace and of justice in Jesus name amen thank you for listening God bless you stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of